Blog Talk Radio. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. And I am the light within your soul In the essence of truth and right Love makes the circle whole And here we stand in line Waiting for some sacred sign But to find the balance is the purpose of this time to restore the balance of the universal mind And in the presence of my Lord of light and love Everything I see aspiring to be free And when I call to thee And come on bending knee Surrender to the all-pervading light and love Reflections of the one surrounding me with love And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Within and without, above and below, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. Without and within, below and above, yeah, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. I sense your presence. Of 
Able to find a balance is the purpose of this time To restore the balance of the universal mind And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence for joining me here on Activating Compassion Radio. My name is Jessie Ann Nichols-George, and I'm your hostess today. The music you were listening to there at the beginning of the show is called I Sense Your Presence, and it is by Shemshai, and you can definitely find out more about their music because they do an amazing series of music, traveling the world, living the dream, and every now and then they put out some free downloads when they're releasing something, so you want to stay in touch with them. And you can check out their work on their website at www.shemshai.com. That's S-H-I-M-S-H-A-I.com. And I just want to thank everybody that's on YouTube and all the other areas that we have here because uh, I know some of you are joining us for the very first time and others have listened to the show in the past and they really like what we do here. And they've come back to listen to what we've got going on today. We do stream live in three additional places, and that would be Talk, Stream Live, Stream Finder, and Pen, also known as Pair Encounters Network. And I welcome everyone listening through those channels as well. Here at Activating Compassion Radio, what I do is look at the different ways that compassion exists in our lives, how to remove our blocks, resistances, frustrations, and more. And some weeks I'm discussing different aspects of compassion, how it's in our life, how it affects our life, the different areas of compassion. Some weeks we're doing more exercises and practical implementations. And then many times what I do is I have guests on the show, and that gives you an opportunity to learn about their work and how other things complement and work with compassion. In addition to that, I highlight different musical artists along the way, including Grammy nominees Stephen Halpern, Peter Cater, also uh, wonderful artists Jill Matson, Claire Hedine, Bruce Ciccarelli, Craig Carollas, Harold Grandstaff Moses, Stands with Bear, um, all people we've done musical shows on, and you can check out their shows in the archive. Uh, definitely you can find that on all the archives for my shows and the rest of the Main Street Universe shows and my website, which is jessianniclesgeorgethenumber1.com. And what I do is in my own work, I focus on helping people find and use compassion in their everyday lives. I've created the Genesis Clearing Statement, and if you've missed that, uh, there's been some interviews of me in the past, which you can also find on my website and catch it in those archives. 
I've authored four books, the most recent being You, Me, Life, Dreams, and its companion workbook, and then my first two books, Activating Compassion and its companion workbook. And I am a co-author on a fifth book, uh, which is coming out, and that's going to be coming out this spring. You want to watch for it. That's called Embraced by the Divine. And it's an incredible compilation of several of women's stories that have gotten over the dark night of the soul, their process of getting through it, tools that they've used along the way. Um, it's just an amazing, amazing collaborative work. And, and uh, I'm actually going to be bringing on a couple of guests that are co-authors on that book because uh, there's just so many incredible works happening through through that effort. So watch for that as well. And you can uh, also, like I said, just follow everything that's happening. I've also created the Compassion Tour, which I've currently started and I'm on tour with. It's a multi-state nationwide tour, including workshops, retreats, seminars, book signing events, and fundraising events. And the fundraising events I'm, I'm working on getting going. So uh, I'm building the momentum on those, and, and hopefully we can do a really strong rollout of those um, starting in 2016. We may still get a couple in on this year. We're going to see how it goes. Uh, one one step at a time, as I like to say, one foot in front of the other. And you can follow all the events on the Compassion uh, Tour also on my website at jessianicholsgeorge.eventbrite.com. The first set of workshops, by the way, is going to be starting in Ojai, California, in early March, I'll be going up into the San Francisco Bay Area with an event, which I should be getting listed this weekend. I'm going up to Portland, Oregon, over to Denver, Colorado, um, going into uh, Galesburg, Illinois, be going into Traverse City, Michigan, uh, probably going into Kansas City, Missouri. On this trip, I'll also be in Pennsylvania, uh, Connecticut, um, New York, New Jersey, uh, so you just have to kind of watch where they're all coming out from <laughs> and follow it. Just a reminder, if you enjoy the show today, make certain that you tell your friends and family and you know share it with people because I always find when I share a sh- show that somebody goes, oh my gosh, this is just what I needed. This was exactly the piece of information I was looking for right now. And you could really be helping somebody out just by clicking the share button. So they can use the same link to get into it that you use to come into our live show today and listen to it at their convenience, or they can go on to my website, like I said, where all the archived shows are. In addition to that, they'll be able to catch it as a podcast at iTunes, TuneIn.com, and then also on my YouTube channel. So whatever their preference is, they've got an option for it. Before we get started today, those that have listened before, you know I'd like to delve into the 72 Names of God by Yehuda Berg. And I love Yehuda's work because it's very organic in a lot of ways. It, you know, he takes the big concepts, he puts them into the everyday life situations and the everyday language, and and I think that that's important. You know, even with the names of God, what he's done is to give them common names that we can relate to. So today's message is enough is never enough. Okay, enough is never enough, and I, and I think this is really gonna be interesting because they always seem to connect with our guests. You know, I don't plan that out ahead of time. It just kind of happens <laughs> in that way. And what he has here in the initial uh, message is, we compromise in life. We settle for less. We sell out. As soon as we experience some enjoyment and we wind up selling ourselves short. This name is about seizing the whole enchilada. And the insight he gives on this is, 
two realities exist, darkness or light. We can be in one or the other, but we tend to loiter in the gray areas. When we do achieve a little light in our lives, we tend to excuse the little bit of darkness that we're still uh, indulging in. And even though we came here to have it all, the goal is to banish all darkness and bask in absolute light. Sure, we'd like to believe that we are big thinkers, but in truth, we think small. It doesn't matter if there are billions of dollars in our bank accounts or if we're running a Fortune 500 company or running an entire country for that matter. Thinking big means to seek it all. Permanent happiness, spiritual greatness, eternal joy, our true soulmate, immortality, and peace on earth forevermore. And to let go of everything else that prevents us from reaching that promised land. $50 billion pales in comparison to never-ending fulfillment and a joy-filled eternal existence. If we don't genuinely believe that these are attainable goals and our destiny, then we can't ever tell anyone that we know how to think big. Because the ego, the dark side of the human nature, just duped us into thinking small. Everything is possible. When we believe it, we will see it. And the meditation that he gives on this is, your eyes and heart remain focused on the end goal at all times. You awaken the persistence and passion to never, and that means never, ever settle for less. Pretty insightful stuff there by Yehuda. And by the way, this is up on my page of the Main Street Universe tab on my website, jessianennicholsgeorgethenumber1.com. I'll leave that up for a week so you can go back and you can reflect on it throughout the week. And I like to do that. I always go back to my messages and go, okay, let me see where where the messages came in, because they always apply to what's happening in my life. Now, a little insight about what we're going to delve into today, and then we're going to take a little break and move on to our guest. So this will just give you a little something to think about before we bring our guest on today. How often do you do a soul cleansing? And have you ever felt lost or disconnected from your soul in a way that you felt a need to retrieve it on some level? What type of things do you do to care for your soul? We often think about doing a great spring cleaning in our homes or cleansing our bodies on a regular basis, and even many will take the time to stop and clear their thoughts. However, I would reckon to say it is not as common that we take the time to stop and cleanse our souls. And this is something that I feel is becoming much more important with hectic times in society and life. Some of the older European and Celtic cultures realized that doing a soul cleansing in mid-February was very important to the emergence of spring and being ready to be out in the world. For the youth in the culture, it was considered necessary for preparing to meet a mate or partner in life, and they felt that one must be clear and connected to the soul self on a very conscious level in order to be able to be active, work, and draw in what is needed for living. At this time of looking at our relationships, I find this is a wonderful practice that involves loving self in addition to loving others. When we show this level of love to ourselves, we also offer the clean and pure of ourselves as well. In a sense, 
we are putting our best foot forward. My experience in this clarity and connection, we are able to accomplish almost anything. Lisa Mead is one person that specializes in bowl cleansing and healing, and she helps people with this wonderful practice of self-care. Lisa also sees the value of this work at the different seasons and cycles of the year. Now, in my many years of working with energy and soul development, I feel that this is an important part of not only self-care, but also that of keeping conscious choice of staying connected. I have observed those that choose to get relaxed and let these cleansings slide along the way, only to face numerous challenges in their life. And then once back on track, with them found their flow again. They said in the times they were letting things slide, it was as if they had gotten disconnected from their soul. They felt lost and confused or overwhelmed. There is no question in my mind that this practice is one that is really important to do regularly throughout the year. Like Lisa, I have often incorporated mine with seasons and cycles. And things we are However, really isn't something that we can afford to let slide. Can you imagine not cleaning your house for a year or more? Then why would you do this to your soul? And what practices do you like to use for keeping your soul clear and connected? And have you ever experienced a disconnect from your soul? This week, our guest is focusing on a component of compassion that's related to the aspect in my books of What about me? Which reminds us that taking time for ourselves is critical. It is important to give as much to ourselves as we give to others. And for oftentimes, what we do for ourselves brings great benefits to others as well. I'm going to be taking a short break, and when we return, I will have Lisa Mead sharing in soul cleansing and retrieval. The song that I have for you in our break today is Ten Commandments. It's by Claire Hedin. And you can check out more of Claire's work by going to her website at www.clairehedine.com. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Flavor 
and finding your true north food. Her soul expansion mentorship offers shamanic support during your soul expansion. And you can learn more about her work on her website at www.womenwithinsight.com. And I'm going to go ahead and get her microphone opened up here today. Welcome, Lisa, to Activating Compassion Radio. It's so wonderful to have you here today. Oh, thank you, Jesse. It's wonderful to be joining you. Thank you for introducing me to your audience and for having me on your program. Well, I, I'm very excited to have you here today, and I've just been like kind of bubbly all week because I'm like, <gasps> I got Lisa coming on today, and she's got all this really cool stuff that she's doing, and it's just something that we don't always delve a lot into. So, um, I mean, we do on one hand, but not on the level that you're doing it. So I would love for you to start by sharing kind of your journey into this. And, you know, how did you come about to doing this soul cleansing and soul retrieval work? Oh, my. I mean, I think back to the very young, early days of Lisa and how connected I was to my soul as a child and I think many of us are at that stage in life and it seems as though our society doesn't really support that and celebrate that and honor that and so we tend to then go into this energetic flow that leads us a little bit away from that and leads us into accountability and responsibility and we we start to lose touch with our magic and touch with our our soul's calling. And over time, some people get really, really hungry for that again. And I think that's what happened to me. And, you know, I, I, I kind of got to the point in my life where I was done with the different traumas that were happening in my life, the different... Um, dysfunctional aspects of my life and I really felt that I I was brought to this world for a reason and I wanted to discover what that reason was and so I started to delve into the different spiritual practices that resonated with me and I found that I was kind of a smorgasbord of a woman (laughs) and I was borrowing a little bit from this practice and a little bit from that practice and I kept following this inner knowing of what resonated with me. And people would cross my path. And I had a number of brilliant teachers. I had a number of amazing mentors. And working with them helped me to go deeper and to learn more about myself, to connect more fully with my gifts and offerings. I I got tremendous education. And there was an awakening, this slow, gradual awakening. And it's interesting that you've invited me here in February when so many seeds are quickening beneath the surface for so many people because that truly mirrors how it was for me. There were seeds quickening beneath uh, that were ready to burst forth. And when they did, this practice gently unfolded and I stepped more fully into what my soul's calling was. You know, and and I think that that is a, it is an interesting time to have you here, and and I'm glad that you brought that point up because we have, I think, some bigger quickening of seeds going on 
on this mm-hmm. global level as well as within ourselves right now as we're, you know, like you, I I just had to have the smorgasbord. You know, I couldn't make one decision. Um, <laughs> and, and um, you know, that, that probably explains a lot why I like <laughs> certain things in my life. But, um, you know, we, we're finishing up next month the, the seventh of the seventh Pluto Uranus squares. And, um, you know, it's funny because I've been talking about responsibility and responsibility is a big piece in one hand, but responsibility has to be balanced, like you say, with remembering the magic, being the child, being in this this space of going through all of these cycles. And, you know, what I, what I find is that so many people have been making these transitions and these shifts and these changes. So this particular equinox, it seems to me, is going to have a bigger punch, if you want to say, with the emerging. And, and I know a lot of people, they're restless. They're just like those seeds under the ground, restless to get out and do something. Yeah, very much so. And and what I've learned over time working with different people is that it's the challenge sometimes is how to go from that that quickening that that vibrant energy that's bubbling up to the surface and the knowing and the talking about it and the wanting it and dreaming it and desiring it but then how to manifest it how to bring it forth because we can't just be setting intentions without bringing action to it. We can't be um, stuck in a place of, well, I always have this dream, but I never seem to be able to bring it into my reality. It, and that's a big piece for a lot of people. And I know people, they go out there and they're getting all this information, but they're not doing anything with it. As a matter of fact, I was I was being interviewed last night by Stephen Lewis, and we were talking about some of those very same principle <laughs> of, yeah. you know, you've got the inner relationship. You got to get the information and the inspiration, but then you got to do something with it. It's not going to right. blossom into that beautiful bouquet if you don't water it and nurture it and bring it out. Yeah, yeah, and so and so here, you know, on a shamanic level what what i help people to understand and and help them to to find a way of 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 moving forward from that place of stuck is you know what we what we started talking about is this cleanse this cleaning up of our energetic fields and our and our soul and to create room for that expansion and that growth to create opportunities to release and and let go of things that are no longer serving us. It it doesn't necessarily always have to be something bad, and I'm putting that in air quotes. You know, sometimes <laughs> it's something wonderful, but it's no longer a part of your day-to-day. And sometimes people really get hung up on that. It's so hard for us to let go of of things. And what we need to remember is the letting go creates the room. And when you create the room, Anything is possible, and that goes back to your reading that we started this call with. The the possibilities are endless of what's there for us. I, absolutely, and you know, I oftentimes equate that to you know holding on to those clothes that you don't mm-hmm. fit into anymore. 
you know, holding on to your your ten year old your clothes from when you were ten years old. <laughs> you're yeah. not going to wear them again. <laughs> you know, um, it, it's it's that same sort of thing. Let them go. Make room for something else, and you know, bring other energy in there. So let's let's get a little foundation going here. What is soul cleansing and what is soul retrieval? Are they've got to be a little bit different, right? Oh, they are. They definitely are. Um, soul retrieval is is much bigger than soul cleansing, and soul cleansing is equally important. But it is something that can happen on a day to day basis, on a on a seasonal basis, on a weekly basis, whatever your time frame is, and whatever your soul is is um, poking at you and asking of you. Soul cleansing is is very much what I was saying before, making room, letting go of things that aren't serving you, um, creating practices that support your soul's growth, whether it be meditation or moving exercise, working with tools such as crystals or, or drumming or chanting or power dance. Those are ways that we can tend to bring our body and our soul into alignment so that the energies move. It's a vibration, and it moves that energy through us. And as that energy moves through us, we can then set the intention that we are making room for our expansion. So the cleansing, you know, you can, the sky's the limit. You could focus on the seasons. You could focus on the four directions. You could focus on a weekly intention and incorporate it into your spiritual practice and when you feel that you have come full circle, you you rest in that space and you see what starts to manifest, what starts to come forth and, and say, ooh, invest in me. Bring some energy this way because this could be a possible creative moment. This could be a healing. This could be a, a place where you could fully step into your power. And. Um, you know, I think that that's a I think that's a big thing is watching for those openings in the process of releasing because they're they're naturally going to happen. Um, you know, I, I just had a great visual while you were while you were talking about you know getting the vibrations going <laughs> and shaking that energy up. And you know, I I I just joined a health club uh, because being on the road full time. I need to really pay attention to that. I was sharing that with you a little bit earlier, and it's something that I really have to stay on top of because I'm exposed to so many things. I really have to maintain it. Well, the health club I joined has these vibration beds. (laughs) It's like water vibration, and it just shakes everything loose. And I was visualizing, okay, I'm just going to sit there and go, okay, I'm creating all these openings. The next time I go in and lay down. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's nice beautiful Bad, yeah. so so then so then we go to this place of soul retrieval which is you know right. now now we're on the other end of the spectrum right so um soul retrieval is a form of a, a a shamanic healing modality and um oftentimes you you need the assistance of a shaman to help you in the process unless you have been practicing shamanism for quite some time and have a very deep connection with your soul and your guides and are able to work in those in those realms and on that level but um in its basic simplest definition 
uh, soul retrieval is is a, a method of retrieving parts of your soul. And what happens is if you've experienced some kind of a physical or a mental, emotional or spiritual trauma, um, it could be an illness, abuse of some sort, or or feeling very disconnected from your your you know your friends and your family because of some kind of um event in your life and you don't feel whole you don't feel connected you you may feel very very stuck not just having an off day but having a period of time in your life where you're just really really stuck maybe you're depressed or you've been sick for a while that is those are all red flags those are all indicators that there really could be some kind of soul loss going on and so um the shaman will come in and in a session working with you and connecting with your energies utilizing their guides and their spiritual tools um go in on the the realms you know we, we understand that everything is energy and that our day-to-day, this everyday moment that you and I are in right now, is just one realm of life in itself. And so the shaman can go into the many different realms and find the pieces of the soul that have been lost. And through uh, you know, compassion and through service and through tender loving care and through guidance from the guides and from the energies that are surrounding this missing peace of the soul, welcome it back, ensure it that it's safe, help bridge it and, and help correct anything that seems to be misaligned. And the, the, the outcome then is that the client has this returning piece of themselves. And so what has felt missing, what has felt off, what has um, created this loss in them and made them feel stuck or unable to move forward all of a sudden the peace comes back and the energy shifts and everything connects again and there's this tremendous healing that happens and the vitality of all those energies begins to flow through them and it's just an amazing and beautiful process. You know, I would say in listening to your description, so to say, of and I was going to ask you, you know, how do we know if we need a soul retrieval and you kind of answered that Um in that process of this not feeling whole, feeling disconnected, I, I'm thinking that like 99% of the people out there are going, I've been stuck for the last three and a half years, or the last <laughs> five years, or the last 10 years, and can relate to this. And I know myself, I can, you know, relate to these aspects of, of going through processes where it just feels like, doesn't matter what I try, it's not coming through. And, right. um, I wonder, in a way, do you think that this kind of disconnect that we do um, is some sort of a survival instinct, in a way, or the ego's instinct, maybe, to protect the soul? Uh, Saying, okay, if I disconnect from it, then it won't feel the pain. Only my human self will feel the pain. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and the other aspect is, I mean, that's very much a very big possibility of it. And there's also the piece of our soul really wants for us to shine, for us to um, be cherished, for us to be celebrated, for us to 
be big and bright and full and have abundance. And in order to do that, we sometimes have to take risks. We sometimes go out on a limb. We have, you know, we live large. We we um, make huge compromises and answer big calls of service to to do that. And the ego is sitting there in the front seat of the car behind the wheel saying, oh, my gosh, really? Let's keep things small. Let's keep things safe. Let's not go there. We don't need to take this left and this right. Let's just go straight ahead. We know the road to take. And you're, you're just having us go meandering around, picking up all of these things to put in the car. And I really just want a light load. Keep it simple. Keep it safe. And, and don't make me go off the beaten path. And and what I find with a lot of my clients is that they they've grown accustomed, and it's very very sad, but they've grown accustomed to being unhappy and not satisfied, but comfortable, rather than being uncomfortable in finding their happiness and their joy and their power. Uh, I see that a lot. The uncomfortable known versus the the comfortable, the uncomfortable known versus the, no, <laughs> I'm not getting that out right. <laughs> but I, I mean, exactly. It's, it, they'd rather be safe than take a yeah. risk and possibly be bigger, brighter, happier, fuller, richer, expansive. And safe often keeps us small because it's not safe in, in, in the terms of a healthy safe. It's a safe in in a complacent, uh, you know, keep you small. Don't take risks. Don't don't look for miracles. Don't don't grab opportunities. Don't don't imagine the possibilities of what your life could become. Instead, just just go through your day, day after day. Keep it the same, and it's it's really it's really sad because many people are struggling, saying that they're not happy but yet they don't know what to do. And it's it's really, truly sometimes just one small step at a time. And we get frustrated in taking small steps, but those small steps quickly add up to leaps and bounds. And when you turn around and look back over your shoulder after, you know, six months' time, you're amazed at how far you've come. You know, it's it's really true, and I'm I'm getting a lot of firsthand experience <laughs> with those small steps that, as you turn around, all of a sudden you realize, you know, you've made these big leaps and bounds. Um, yeah. And you know, the, talking about the safety keeping us small too, it, it's you know we we oftentimes think we're okay in that space. And then people wonder, why can't I get more? Or why am I not doing more? And what I see based on what you're saying is that, you know, we're really locking ourselves into a fear space because it's like, well, I'm afraid to grow. So I'm going to stay here. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'll even stay in the negativity because I'm, yeah. I'll even stay in that negativity versus facing my fear of growing. Mm-hmm. I, I find that fear is one of the, uh, the 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 biggest culprits at robbing people of the beauty and the joy and the happiness and the fulfillment that is has been offered to them in this lifetime. And uh, you know, we we create a lot of story around fear. 
and our our stories are all unique and personal to to ourselves and yet we are the author and so we have the ability to change that story any time that we want to and any time that we're brave enough to and so the labels of our past don't have to stick to us it's not written in stone you don't always have to be dumb or lazy or heavy or fat or sloppy or messy you know, or or the one the problem solver i mean that can be a curse in in and of itself and instead <laughs> you can you can create new labels for yourself you could be you know the opportunist the miracle maker the one who sees the beauty the helpful one the the one that brings peace and calm and with just the subtle shifts of perspective and the way that we view our walk in this lifetime can change our story. Uh, I so agree, and, and I'm very big on perceptions and shifting our per- perceptions in order to uh, to make the shifts and the changes. So, you know, let's let's say that somebody goes, you know, okay, I got. Uh, I got that I probably need to go through a soul retrieval, and I would say anybody who's wise enough to do it on their own is is probably wise enough to know that they most likely want somebody else to do it <laughs> if they have somebody that they trust, because to me it kind of comes back to that being able to fully receive. And if we're concentrating on doing the process while we're trying to receive it, well, you know we can do it, but sure. it's uh, you know when we can fully receive that from from somebody else and and let it come together, then um, to me it it just all really pulls it together. In absolutely, a sense. yeah, and, absolutely. And so in the shamanic healing, you, you say they're going to go out and the shaman will take, for example, the fragmented pieces and bring them all back together for somebody. So once they get those pieces back together, what would somebody expect to be feeling like as as that happens? Yeah, it's interesting. For for everybody, it's different. Uh, Just the same way as if you went to your your doctor and received some kind of medicine, everybody responds differently to the medicine. For some people, um, there's, there are immediate results. There's a lightening. There's a freedom that they feel. They, um, they, some of their symptoms immediately are gone. I, I've worked with people who I was just sharing with a client this morning. Um, I've had a couple of different clients who were really struggling with migraines. And after doing some work and some soul retrieval, as soon as we did that soul retrieval, they never had a migraine again. And these were people who were having migraines regularly for years and years and years. And no amount of allopathic medicine was was really helping it. And no amount of changing their diet and their lifestyle was helping it. And so obviously it was something on an energetic level. For some people, they'll, they'll notice subtle changes. And so over time, though, these subtle changes keep creating layer upon layer upon layer of healing and all of a sudden they'll be like, wow, you know, I I no longer have those dreams that I was having or, gee, I've noticed I haven't had any stress in regards to this area of my life anymore or I've stopped this particular habit that I always wanted to stop and I never could and it was just 
I'm suddenly not doing it anymore. And it's because, you know, those energies take a little while to kind of knit together and and really change the the uh the soul's direction and 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 get it in in alignment with it the vibrations of what it's intended to be. And and I think that that's a big thing and you brought up a good a good example in there. Um, you know, when you're going in and the tests aren't necessarily showing that there's anything wrong or you're going through things, and, and I've been through that process of having something that just wouldn't go away and nobody being able to figure it out, chances are it is energetic related. Chances are it's coded in the DNA someplace and needs to be released. I mean, it's like somebody who goes to the gym and they work out five days a week or seven days a week even, and they eat a, you know, vegan diet and they eat all non-GMO organic foods, whatever, and and they're still not losing a pound. Right. <laughs> you know? Yep. And there's something, there's something else happening because there's no way that the physical body couldn't release under those conditions, if it was strictly exactly. physical. Exactly. And, yeah. It, so it's I interesting think, because I, I, I'm such a big proponent of the whole mind, body, and soul connection. And you, you can't just treat one. You have to treat them all. You have to honor them all. And, and you know, we, we are all of those facets. And so just buffing and polishing one side is not really going to allow that light to to shine as bright as it can. And so we have to sometimes really take the full approach, which is, okay, I'm going to do this for my body, and I'm going to think these positive thoughts and set these positive intentions. But what about my soul? What do I need to do on a soul level to complete the package? How do I bring it all together so that way everything is hand-in-hand working together for me to step into my fullness. And and I think that that is an important part. I, I'm very pro that way. I don't believe that you can... You, you might be able to start with one piece to start to have an effect on the other areas. Um, you know, for example, if you can't do something physically, then you start energetically, and then eventually the physical opens or right. different pieces, but they do need to all be addressed and if we can address them as a package then in my opinion all the all the better on that realm uh, because we that's when we are really going to get the noticeable results in things i would i would say um and i, I want to jump back to a little bit because we've been talking about the soul retrieval aspect which is a much more intense aspect really best to let somebody like yourself do that type of work. Uh, we, we talk about the disconnect, and I think so many people can relate to the that disconnect factor uh, in there. Matter of fact, I was feeling a lot of that, and I think I'm going through my own soul retrieval <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> lately uh, myself, you know, pulling these pieces back in, going, okay, where are you and who are you and <laughs> And sure. what's going on? Because I think we cycle through this too at different points in our life. I mean, you're big on cycles. I think we have absolutely there's 
yeah. there's points in our life where we tend to let it go or lose it, and then it comes back um, to us. But the soul cleansing, now this is something that you mentioned can be done much more regularly, consistent, and coinciding with cycles and seasons. Is the soul cleansing something that the average person can kind of do on their own, or is that also something that they're, they really should seek a practitioner out for? I think it's something anyone can do, and, and it really doesn't need to be overwhelming, complicated, and time-consuming. It has a lot to do with setting intention and then acting in some way that supports that intention. Uh, you, you know, we we already have in our lives many, many rituals. We we don't even recognize them as rituals because they are in, so incorporated into our lives. But a ritual is a way of taking energies and taking intentions and weaving them together to support the outcome of the action. And so if if, for example, someone's intention is to begin each day with an open mind and an open heart to all the possibilities that the universe is going to bring them. Well, what kind of what kind of a ritual could you incorporate with that? And perhaps it's you know, perhaps it's taking a um a walk in the morning just around the block or around your yard even and not letting not letting your thoughts go to the meeting that you have at nine o'clock and the grocery list that's on the counter and the the vet bill that has to be paid. Instead, you're taking this walk and you're being very intention filled and you're looking to the signs in nature and you're breathing in the fresh air and you're paying close attention to what energies are awakening within you and how you're feeling certain shifts in your body and what images are coming to your mind. Our minds work very closely with our soul if we allow it, and we will get images that we can follow through on and and bring to our day's activities. And so here you've taken a very, very simple ritual with a very specific intention and woven them together, and now you have an energetic support that brings it, it gives you the ability now to say okay so i'm going to cleanse from my life anything that doesn't support what i felt this morning so i'm not going to go out for fast food tonight because you know what that doesn't fit with the image that i had this morning or i'm not going to um you know get involved in this this petty conversation at work because it doesn't fulfill what I felt this morning when I was outdoors and breathing that fresh air in and watching the trees swaying and and finding a way to meet my intention. That really doesn't serve me, so I'm just not going to let it be a part of my day. And slowly you are clearing away energies that don't support your intention. My angels and just listened to what the message was. And um, as you say, we create these little things and they can become so easily second nature, just like brushing our teeth or our hair or anything else that we Mm -hmm. do every single morning when we get up. And 
I, I find the days that I, if I miss it or I space out and I get too hectic for whatever reason, I woke up late, I don't beat myself up for not doing it, but I notice sure. the difference in how my day flows. Right, right. Well, because you've grown to rely on it. It's become incorporated into your day. One of, one of the things that I, was, I also wanted to spend a couple of seconds talking about here is how we have lost, We've, we've misplaced our value on imagination, and we, we tend to discount it. And imagination is a very powerful tool for all of us. Uh, you know, we, we, we delight in it in our children, and we think it's adorable, and we encourage it. And, and even in, in certain arts, we'll, we'll honor it and celebrate it and think, isn't that just amazing? But in the everyday world of Jesse and Lisa, there's a lot of people who want more practicality and they poo-poo imagination and they don't honor and value it. And yet when we learn that our imagination is what keeps alive the energy of all possibilities, all opportunities, imagination is what keeps our eyes open to the everyday miracles. Imagination is what keeps us connected to our guides and our spirit allies and our angels and our ancestors. All of that is available to each and every one of us. But if we discount imagination, then we're we're not picking up one of our most valuable tools to help us get through our day and problem solve, relationship build, and and create opportunities. I, you know, I, I really agree with you on that. I find that we don't spend enough time in that imagination realm. As kids, we spent tons of time there. You know, I would look up at the clouds and I would see what shapes they were making and, you know, what what I would see in them and, and just that open creation factor um, that happens. But... I think oftentimes, especially like in recent years where a lot of people have felt I just have to stay to the grindstone and maybe, yes, there have been planetary influences that have called us to be more practical and more responsible in these things. However, it does not want us to totally lose the imagination piece because it's in that magic that fuels us with the energy to get through the practical and the the responsibilities. And I think so many of us have programming. I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but we have this programming, especially as we get older in life, that, oh, don't dream about that because you're just setting yourself up for failure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's that's part of of the story. And, you know, the the shaman is known as the master storyteller and helps you in finding your true story because so many people before us have had the opportunity to help write our story. It, you know, it's inevitable when you're a child, who, who else but your parents and your older siblings and, and your teachers, are, they are the influences on your story. And, you know, hopefully for most of us, they are proponents of our story. They want for nothing but the best for us, but that's not always the case. And incidents will happen, and uh, you know, occurrences will come our way that alter 
our story. And so that's where some of those labels come in. That's where some of those wounds come in, those misunderstandings, those times when I think every single person I've ever spoken to can quickly, very, very quickly identify a time in their life where they felt hugely misunderstood or wronged. And many times it's in our childhood, and we carry that wound with us over and over and over with each year that passes. And the story then starts to create a web around that wound. How do we justify it? How much anger do we want to hold over it? How much do we want to sweep it under the rug? Who do we want to blame? Where are we ashamed? And and so it alters the course and direction of where we could go based on what we are allowing ourselves to invest in in that story. I think that's an excellent point. And, you know, matter of fact, I did a lot of work on that myself going back saying, why, you know, why has this been a pattern in my life? And really when I got down to some of the roots, it came down to that childhood range. And, you know, you bring up also a very good point with we have these these role models in our life and we trust them when we're children and we take it in implicitly. And oftentimes, you know, while, while some things are intentional, while sometimes abuse is intentional, uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of these wounds I've noticed that occur unintentionally. You know, you have parents, they mean the best, they want the best, and yet they've still created these these wounds, and they would never intentionally, per se, create them. Um, Right. But maybe something in them takes over that ego self or their programming or, you know, what worked in their day, and they're trying to fit it into, you know, another time. And and we're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to miscommunicate. But the wounds still happen, and I think that's I think there's a big piece there there is there's a very big piece there, and that that can be anything from doing a a cleanse you know for example and re- and working on releasing some of the story that's trapped around that, especially if it's something that you have been working on on an energetic level and on a soul level um Sometimes it's just, you know, something just came up for me the other day, and I thought, wow, I thought I'd done all my work on that piece, but apparently <laughs> there was there was a little nugget of something hanging around, and so I did some further work on it. And different, you know, different people might trigger something for you, different scenarios, different life experiences. And as long as we're open to the fact that we are constantly evolving, constantly having the opportunity to heal ourselves, constantly given places on our life path where we can release something or embrace something to support who we are destined to be, who we are designed to be. As long as we keep that in mind, it doesn't feel like, it's it's not like we failed in any way. It's just that we're continually evolving and growing. So it can be something as simple as a cleanse, or it can be something that is a little more uh, involved and it does require a, a larger healing. It's not just take an aspirin and call me in the morning. It's why don't you come in for a visit because we need to take a look at this. Uh, yes, absolutely. And you keep referring back to the stories because that is the way the shaman. Um, you know, a couple of weeks back we uh, had Bert Kempner on, 
and he that yeah. his specialty is stories. And you know, as he reminds us, it's it's up to us to rewrite the ending. It's up to us to change the story. That's right. And that's right. instead of sitting there, I think being victims, and I think that's the space that a lot of people they they wallow in the wound. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. And even if they're not totally in the victim space, and like you mentioned, I I feel like I've noticed in my life that there's layers to things. So I might think I've cleared something, and then I go through another opening, and I get a greater understanding, and I realize there's another layer to clear. Yes, yes. Of the same issue. Um, and And I think if we approach it from the aspect of, Two, people are not out there trying to intentionally hurt us. They're trying to deal with their own processes, and oftentimes when we get hurt in that process or get wounded in that process, it's because they're not dealing with (laughs) their processes. And so the key is, 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 you know, what are we going to do with it? This has happened. What are we going to do with it? Um, Right in there because it's, uh, um, and especially if it's a recurring pattern, I think in our life, there's a, I think that's the difference too. How do we tell on that soul cleansing versus that soul retrieval or whether it's just simply a wound or whether it's a bigger, bigger aspect. If it's a recurring happening, we're probably needing to do some sort of soul retrieval where where it's going to show up as a pattern versus a one-time shot. Well, yeah, because because it goes so much deeper. And and I think a big piece of having the awareness of what is happening to us and how to address it is really being present and being in the moment. Because, um, you know, the old story, the part that has been written that may be trapped and, and woven through that wound wants us to keep revisiting it and want I mean I'm sure you've met people where they just keep telling the same story over and over and over and over again and you look at them and you just think wow you know if you could just let go of this you'd let go so of so much pain and suffering but it's oh, yeah. somehow or another their soul is just like on this treadmill this little what do they call it the hamster wheel and they're going around and around and around and sometimes we have to step outside of that hamster wheel and take a good look at it and say, what is what is ready to heal? What is ready to just be released and let go of? Why keep going around and around this? It's not I'm not moving forward. And it it that's being in the present. That's that's being in the now and really being able to say, don't go back to 20 years ago and keep festering over the way your sister hurt you, you know what I mean? Instead, look at it from today's perspective with your wisdom that you have now, with your your healed heart that you have, with with all of the skills that you've picked up in the past 20 years. Let's take a look at it now. What what does it look like? Forget about what it looked like 20 years ago. And and that's a big piece there too because you know, it may be some of those patterns are carrying through. They may still be <laughs> following the, those patterns that they treated you like 20 years ago, but then we have to make a choice. Where are we going to let them be in our life and at what extent? And sure. and here again, we still have that power of 
okay, you might choose to remain in that pattern, but I'm not going to choose to remain in that pattern with you. <laughs> you know? yep. I, I'm going to go love something else because yeah. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just done with that. And I, I, I love that you brought up the hamster wheel because I, I have a friend that has been in that spiral for decades, you know, and and it's like, when are you going to let go and just start being happy? And it's, I don't sure. know that she will in this lifetime. I really don't. Um, yeah. And, and you know, there's not much you can do other than decide whether you're going to be a part of it or not. But mm-hmm. you brought up being in the present and the moment, and and that to me is the most powerful, and that brings back to the suggestion that you made about going for a walk. And I used to do that, well, I still do that fairly regularly um, because it, it I think walks really do help us to, to be in that present moment. And there's nothing there's nothing like that to me. Once you step fully in the present moment and all you do is focus on are the waves crashing on the beach or the is the tide ebbing or flowing? Is it something as simple as that? Where's the light sparkling on the ocean? Um or how's the, the breeze going through the trees or um when you come into that presence it's it's just like everything else kinda of comes together. Right, right. I I love utilizing the messages in nature and mirroring them into my daily activity and you know I don't think I don't think you can practice shamanism without having a close relationship with nature and it, it, it just goes hand in hand but I truly do often even if it's just to step out on the front step you know, it's a busy day, and all I've got is a few minutes, and I'll step out on that front step and just look up into the sky and pay attention to the birds that are flying overhead. Maybe note what direction they're flying in and think to myself, hmm, they're flying west. What is west What is west medicine? What is west energies? Or, or you know, notice that the first color that I sense is green. Well, what does the color green mean to me? How does it resonate? There are always very easily embraced medicine doses provided by nature that can really help you ground, help you shift your perspective, help you focus, change your mood, brighten your energies, and it's there all the time. We just seem to forget it because we get trapped behind the four walls. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> it's so true. And you know, and that's I've done a lot of that looking at it uh, when I got landed where I was, where I am right now for a while. And and I said, why am I here? <laughs> and, you know, it's just continued to unfold. And I realized, oh, that's why I'm here. This is what I'm supposed to be dealing with. Um, you know, and it had to do with the vastness of the ocean. And it had to do with preparing to be out on a bigger scale. And Right raising the level that I'm doing things. And and it's kind of amusing to me as I'm sitting there going, there's not even money in the bank account to eat this week and I'm supposed to go on a bigger global scale. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> um, 
and you do learn to laugh at some of these things sometimes, I think. But uh, the paying attention, I think, and I know, you, I know you work heavily with nature, as do I. I run events in nature, and I think you do as well. Um, I, I can't underestimate that because this incor- starts to incorporate all the cycles and the seasons. And as you said, taking the moment to just be still and notice, and I've had people do that at the beginning of my events out in nature, and you would think that you opened a whole new world to them because they're so unfamiliar with doing that today that to stop and really take it in, they're so used to their mind being on 10,000 different things there. And, you know, even if we look at all these cycles that are going on, a bird flying west in summer is going to be different than a bird flying west in winter. Exactly. We've become so disconnected, so disconnected from it, and you know we're we're task oriented, we're accomplishment focused, we're we're driven by you know whatever the next paycheck needs to be, or or the next uh, title for our or letters after our name should be, and really when you really really get down to it. The only thing we really should, if there was ever a should, and I don't like to use that <laughs> word too often, but if there ever was a should, the only thing we should be paying attention to is just being present in the moment and engaging with the world around us. And if we learned to practice that more and trust in it more, because trust comes from practice, we would find that a lot of the obstacles that we face fall away and and a lot of things that we've been wanting and desiring and hoping for come our way or we realize we really don't want them in the first place. <laughs> and and all of a sudden life becomes very rich and abundant but also simpler and less complicated. And it's it's not easy to do. I don't say it as though it's something, you know, just go out and do this. It's not easy to do. And it takes time, and you may lose friends over it, or you may decide that the career you're in is not the right fit. But practicing it and developing that trust and bringing it forward every single day and, and embracing it, you suddenly see, wow, my life is really rich and filled with so much abundance and beauty and and such dynamic energies that were covered up and bogged down by all the have-tos. And I, I think that that is so important because there are numerous times, I mean, if ever we talked about an antidote for stress, for worry, for anxiety, for depression, this aspect of presence is like the cheapest, best, <laughs> easiest right. to do. Most um, accessible. And people, most accessible. And some people say, no, it's not easy. And it's like, actually, it is It is easy. Uh, you know, all, you, all you're doing is instead of shifting your mind from all the worry and anxieties, is shifting it to what's that leaf doing on the tree? Right. Or, yep. you know... How's that branch bending, or how's that that plant growing over there? And and it's very very powerful. 
I do want to delve a little bit, though, into the cycles and the seasons and let you share your perspective and maybe some of the work that you're doing related to that as well, because to me, I mean, we've got cycles running every single moment that we're, you know, alive and beyond, and these are some things that go on with or without us participating in it and will still influence our lives. So I'm going to let you run wherever you want to go. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's so interesting because you could, before when I had mentioned, you know, the mirroring of, of nature into your life, well, you could literally take it, on a level of okay it's it's winter and so what are winter energies what what does winter represent for you what are you drawn to about winter and what are you not drawn to and how does that resonate with your day-to-day life but then you can take it even further you can say well what what aspect of my life is winter what aspect of my life is spring and just go through the seasons and see how things shift in the way that you look at things. What you can take it into your work environment. You know, you could say, well, of you know, if if winter is a time of of hunkering down and getting quiet, and it's a time when I listen to the stillness. If I were to look for winter in my career, where you know, where do I need to hunker down? Where do I need to get quiet? Where do I need to pay attention to the stillness? Versus spring, which is all about seeds bursting and life coming through the soil and and the opportunity to really nurture and tend to those tenderlings and so what about my job is spring and and so we just the, the nature becomes our our brilliant teacher and we can bring it to all aspects of our lives whether it's relationships or work or health and really say how can I bring these energies into that particular aspect and and make a shift uh, or take care of it differently, change it up? Because we are such creatures of habit, and, and we tend to do things the same way over and over and over again, and then we complain that nothing's changing. And the only way it's going to change is if you do it differently. So why not turn to your your steadfast teacher which is you know nature and her seasons and all of her elements and see what could apply and there's no expensive tools to buy <laughs> right no, no no specific regime that you have to follow by taking it a half hour before a meal or yep. <laughs> these sorts of things i i'm really glad that you brought up the different perspectives of looking at just what season are we in right now? Because, you know, certainly if you're in certain areas of the country, like I'm sitting on the West Coast and it's 80 or 85 degrees, that just doesn't match with winter. Um, <laughs> it doesn't match my winter because I'm minus 13 with the wind it, chill. <laughs> it doesn't feel like winter to me. And I love snow myself. So, I, you know, I, I'm feeling a little out of place here. But um, even though I grew up in this area, I'm feeling out of place. And but I love that aspect of looking at it and saying, okay, what area is stagnant in my life? And if right. it's a stagnant area, this is going to relate to winter for me. So let me get still and do some meditation on that area. Now, on the other hand, I have this other area that just seems like it's flying through and I'm getting constant stuff on it. And it's just, man, it's like in full force. And I know that that's 
that's going to be a summer energy. And, you know, that that summer influence there is, um, uh, you know, another powerful thing. And I know, okay, I've got to arrange my time to work and I've got to have my work day, but just like everything else, it's got to be balanced out with the rest. And I think that's the thing is, you know, are we balancing all of the seasons, so to say, into our life um, that are happening? Are, every day are we giving ourselves that time to rest and reflect? Every day are we working on nurturing something into its growth? And every day are we, you know, creating new seeds? And every day are we putting the work in? And every day are we sitting back to enjoy? And I think that enjoyment are we sitting back to enjoy what we've done? Exactly. That's a very big part of it as well. It's not just always about the the planning and the doing, but also in the receiving and embracing and enjoying. I mean, that makes it come full circle, and that's that's the reward at the end. You know, it, you you've put all your hard work in, so take the time to reflect and to enjoy, enjoy and appreciate and share. Otherwise, what? why are you doing it? And, you know, and if we look at the parallels in life with that, I would have to say that, for example, if you're stuck in summer, that might seem all great. Look, I got all this work going on. But, you know, if you never take the time to enjoy it, you're going to find yourself in burnout because that's what happens when you work and you never take the time to enjoy it. And things don't keep producing because if you're not taking the time to enjoy and to rest and to regroup and say, okay, what does this year need versus what last year needed? Right. Uh, you know, that's another thing. And, and and I know just in the parallels that I've received, you're preparing for something greater, so you better do this meditative work. But at the same time, you're not going to get a break because guess what? It's not winter outside. It's right. not cold. Exactly. So... You know, you've got to balance these these pieces, and and it's fun. I, I don't know about you, but in a way, I sometimes like to make these things almost like games, uh, in the sense of how do I do this? How do I bring this around? Um, how do how do I incorporate this into everyday life? You know, right? I mean, that's and a, that's where that imagination comes back into play, and that's why. It can't be discounted because it can be enjoyable. It doesn't have to be, ho-hum, I have to go and do this again. Why not say, well, how could I do this creatively? How could I do it differently this time and find some pleasure in it? Or get excited about it, get juiced up about it. And, you know, sometimes it means having to create different touchstones and and talismans or, or reminders that you can see and come across throughout your day that say to you, don't forget, don't forget the color yellow. It, it reminds you of summer. Don't forget. So you know, I'm a big, big proponent of telling my clients, well, if you're working with summer's energy, what colors remind you of summer? And I'll have them tell me, because everybody's got a different perspective, right? So I'll have them tell me their colors. And I'll say, well, if we're going to be invoking summer's energies on this project, why not commit to every day wearing one of those colors? I don't care if it's just your socks, but wear one of those colors. And when you see your, catch yourself in a reflection in a mirror or someone comments on the beautiful scarf that you're wearing, 
you are going to somewhere on some level be reminded, that's right, I'm embracing summer's energies for this project that I'm doing. And so it just becomes this very subtle way of you touching the vibrancy of summer. Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 and I, I tell people, create altars in your home. Altars don't have to be sacred and ceremonial and, and huge and elaborate. It could be, you know, take over a little end table and just put put some things on it that remind you of the fact that you are planting new seeds in this relationship that you're starting. And so what would that look like? Maybe you put a little packet of sunflower seeds there and maybe you put a picture of something that reminds you of spring and, and you, you know, you gather a few things from your home and you create this special table that's in your home that you go by every day and as you walk by it you you remind yourself that's right that's my that's my spring altar that's where i'm focusing and setting intentions for the planting of new seeds in this relationship that i'm committing to you know and and it brings a whole different perspective on a different type of feng shui <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to, the, to the picture, you know, not only based on our directions and things, but, you know, when you look at it and you definitely say, oh, okay, so, you know, I want to grow a relationship, let's plant some seeds or something in, in my relationship area, or um, there, there's just so many pieces and so many directions you could take it, and even if you don't have a lot of space, you know, you could create a little area that has something that represents each of the seasons to just remind you of that cycle um, that that you're in and, and reminding us also to balance, you know, that uh, sure, when we're going through changes, the, the balance is a little bit off sometimes, but the more we focus on keeping the balance, the smoother those changes go in our life, I would say. And so I think in doing some of that, yeah, you sit there and go, okay, I have all of this um, summer energy coming in, and that's great because I needed all this energy for this project. But again, what we oftentimes forget is we need to bring it to completion so that it can start its next phase. It, it right. You don't really just want it stuck in the harvest fall or the summer work mode or the spring blooming mode, it needs to run through the whole cycle so that it can come full circle and go to the next step. It's like we have to finish our childhood to a certain extent so that we can grow in a way that makes us able to take a message out into the world, for example, which if we stayed forever a child, we wouldn't do it's the continuum of the rhythm, the natural rhythm of things. And and that is very much where the soul really gets to become expansive and grow and and is, you know, all of its aspects are being honored as well. And so again, we go back to that body, mind and soul aspect of keeping your thoughts focused and clear, intention filled putting action to it with your body and honoring your body temple and making sure that it's healthy and whole and its needs are being met through movement and expression and release of energies that no longer serve it. And when those all come together with a clear and clean soul that's not being bogged down by 
by old wounds or old stories and 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 traumas everything comes together and it does start to go full cycle over and over and over again and each time around the wheel we pick up more opportunities more gifts lessons come our way to help us grow and become fuller and and more vibrant and it gives us a chance to to till the soil, to turn under what's not working for us and and to start with a fresh new landscape the next time around. And and that's always a great example too because our soil has to be tilled for everything to keep growing with strength so that we're not just com- just starting over from square one again. Um, in there. And you mentioned, you know, we start to get in this flow of being in natural rhythm. Um, and and when we're in natural rhythm, I think there's, that's where we almost start to notice a natural soul retrieval happening. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think on some level, definitely. I think that the, the, the wounded part of ourselves starts to say, "All right, there is there is healing going on here. It's safe now. There's honoring going on here. And if we know a way of connecting with our soul, we then can say, you know, now I'm ready to bring this peace back. Now I'm ready to do the work and to embrace it and to and to make myself feel whole again. And it, you know, it really does depend. Of course, I mean, I don't want to ever." Um, say that it's that easy i mean for some soul loss it runs very deep and it takes more than that but on a on a a level of some of our our old stories and some of the the baggage that we've been carrying around we definitely by doing the finding that natural rhythm and releasing and embracing we do create an essence of a, a soul retrieval for ourselves and there's definitely ways in which we can do that for ourselves you know, I find this very powerful because as you were talking and and we moved into this <laughs> this aspect of things because I find that once I start to get myself into the natural rhythm, ob- observe what naturally goes with the seasons, um, eat the foods that go with the seasons and things like that, that the more I step into that, the the less challenges I have in a way and the more in peace I am and and the more I start to connect with myself but interestingly enough I've watched other people for example can't stand winter hate winter can't stand it to be cold and they just get really grumpy when winter comes along you know from <laughs> you, you figure from about mid-November just before Thanksgiving through at least New Year's and and actually past that you know because it's still cold Right. Sure. But these very same people that struggle with this, I also notice they do not want to look within themselves. They're very quick to blame other people for things mm-hmm. um, because there's no introspective work going on. There's no addressing their part in things. Um, right. And so it's it's interesting too that maybe people that have a, an aversion to a particular season. Now, granted, you have somebody like my niece who's allergic to snow, but <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and there are people, I guess, like that. But 
at the same time, when we have an aversion here again, we want to take a look at that. If you're allergic to this cold weather or if you are uh, you know, have this going on, that may be exactly what you need to be addressing in life. Well, absolutely. And that's a big part of working shamanically is that soul mentoring. And when I am soul mentoring a client, I'm paying attention to, I'm listening with my shaman ears and I'm listening to what are they avoiding who are they blaming? Where, you know, where does the what do they keep going on and on about? They've they've said the same statement four different ways using different words, but it's still the same the same statement. <laughs> and you start to understand that there's a place there that the blame and the avoidance and and the repetition of of fear or anger there's that place again where there either needs to be some kind of healing or some kind of release because they have gotten stuck and they're not in the rhythm. They haven't figured out for themselves that by doing some kind of shifting of work and energy and some healing or forgiveness or or release, that suddenly that blocked energy will start to flow again and they will start to feel a natural rhythm again and everything becomes much more fluid. And when there's fluidity, there's grace. And where there's grace, there's peace and less struggle. And where there's less struggle and peace, we suddenly find our way, oh, my goodness, we're, we're approaching joy. <laughs> and, and, and life just suddenly is, has shifted you know, and, and gone 180 degrees. And, you know, there there is definitely those things, and, and so many people, they do get stuck, and it's like, well, I just don't know what step to take. And there's those of us that say, just take any step. It doesn't matter, you know. Right, but right. at the same time, for those that do have that more mental approach on things, it's like it's right there around you. You know, mm-hmm. take a look. What season are you not resonating with the answers? And that's part of why I love the nature part and the seasonal part, because the answers are always right there in front of our face in 10,000 forms. Yeah. Um, if we'll just take a moment to look and, and to observe. And I think that's It is the funny thing. how the, the ego does that to us and the psyche does that, where the the very things that we are avoiding or the very things that we're talking ill of or very disgruntled by are often those teaching moments, those golden nuggets that if we embrace or learn to um find what what is in there for our our next step and and we avoid it and we run away from it and it's it, it's it's oh I think it's always easier to see it when we're looking at someone else's life than when we're looking at our own <laughs> of course <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, it is a good reminder to us that you know, it it is apparent, and so maybe if we can get present and get out of that story in and take up the challenge, like Bert says, to write the end of your story for yourself, maybe if we were willing to do that, we would then find that the answers are right there, like you said, right in front of us. What are you avoiding? What are you hiding from? What do you what do you dislike so much, and why? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, and and it is a just absolutely huge, I think, um, looking at that. And, and I always say, okay, whatever I'm avoiding the most, that's what I need to tackle <laughs> right now. Yeah. Now, yeah. you brought up that 
you know, you do this mentoring work and you you have a program in particular called Soul Expansion Program. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a little bit of time, and I thought I would let you share a little bit about that because that also includes some of that soul mentoring process, and and I know that this is a very big program for you. Yeah, it's it's really changing people's lives, and and it's something that I just am so committed to, and it's 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 a very exciting part of my life, and. What it does is it offers people an opportunity to learn some shamanic practices, bring them into their life, and and apply it in their everyday problem-solving skills, building relationships with their guides, understanding what soul healing is. They also, um, there's, there's lessons that are designed for them to take it deeper and to explore what ritual is, what's altar-making, how could I use crystals in my practice or color in my practice? Um, the the students also get an opportunity each month to have two one-on-one soul mentoring sessions with me, which run anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half. And in that time spent together, and these these people are all over the globe. So I have you know people in Canada, people in Hawaii, people around the corner from me. So sometimes we meet in person, depending on where they're located. More often than not, it happens on the phone. And and during that time, I connect to them on a soul level. I'm listening to them and and really allowing my guides to be a part of the conversation and paying attention to the energies and the shifts, the subtle shifts in the conversation. And we talk about different aspects of their life that they want to expand and grow in or different relationships that they may be struggling with and how or how to um bring bring in alignment some of their personal business and and practices along with the shamanic practices that they're learning about so you know you may have uh someone that's a reiki specialist that wants to also incorporate shamanic journeying with their clients for example so it, it's just this lovely layering and working as a group sometimes and then individually at other times and and really at your own pace because everybody is, is at a different place along the line. No no one is competing with anyone else. There There isn't any, well, once you finish this chapter, you can advance to that chapter. It's just on, on your own pace and on your own journey where is your soul taking you next? Because everybody has their own unique thumbprint, and I would—I always am encouraging them, do this your way. I'm going to tell you how I would do it just to give you an example, but I really encourage you to do this your way. What resonates with your soul? What, what are your guides telling you to focus on? And so it becomes a very personal experience. And... You know, I believe very strongly in that, and that's a very similar way to to how I work. Is it's very personalized. People need to use what's happening in their own lives uh, to help them decide what steps are going to work for them. Um, I'm not a cookie cutter um, formatted person, <laughs> right? Right. Because I just don't believe that, you know, as you I say. Just, I just don't roll that it. way. <laughs> I just don't roll that way. I've never been yeah. in the cookie cutter molds myself. So <laughs> so I can't ask somebody else to be there. Um, 
and I, I so agree. And I think this is really, you know, to me, it's a sign of how evolved your work is to be able to roll with whatever is there. Um, because there's so many people that are locked into, okay, we need to take step one, then two, then three, then four, as opposed to, okay, where are you at? Yeah, well, you don't need to right. take steps one and two. You 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 already got that stuff worked out. What we need to focus on is seven and eight right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, or we'll come back to it later. You know, right we'll now, for whatever reason, it's not resonating with you or you're really getting overwhelmed and stuck in it. So let's let's see if we can move forward a little bit. Maybe you'll pick up some skills or some insight, and then we'll come back to it later. Right, cause, and, and sometimes when that's the case, too, it's like sometimes something else needs to be released first. Exactly. Um, in order for those other things to to let go. Um, yeah. we, we don't always understand the ties until we go. As I say, you know, you go with the flow and you don't force it. You know, if, if, it, if you're having to force it to happen, um, you know, and, and force is different than avoidance. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Yeah. But if you're I mean, it, 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 there is always big work involved. Yeah. Sometimes it's happening on a soul level and you're not really aware of it. And other times it's, you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, my goodness, I know what I'm up against today. So there's always big work involved, but it doesn't doesn't always have to be painful. It doesn't always have to be scary. It can actually be enjoyable, and you can mm-hmm. feel very supported if you have the right community around you that's celebrating you and resonating with you and cheering you on and also giving you a place to share your experience with honor and integrity. I, I so agree, and and having somebody like yourself work through uh, that with you, with somebody providing that support system, or you know, from there, because I know with what I've been through over the last year and a half or a couple of years here, um, I don't know what I would have done without some of that support system right. from even just social media people. Um, being there going, you know, amazing what you're doing, you know, amazing breakthroughs right, and right. keep it up and, and we're looking forward to this. And so even people that have been in this for decades still are going through these processes. So people that are early on in their journeys, I think it's important for them to realize that, you know, don't get defeated because people that have been heavily on their path for decades are still dealing with some of these very same aspects. Oh, my, yes. I mean, you know, when I look at who makes up my mentorship, I have the whole spectrum. And everyone becomes everyone else's teacher. You know, we always have something that we can um, support someone in and help them along with. And it's such such a... uh, a circle, you know, it's not linear. It's it's not like it's a race and a competition, and there is no finish line. You just keep evolving and keep moving forward, and your soul keeps, you know, coming up to the surface and saying, "How about this next? And why not? Why don't we take a look at this next? And why not challenge ourselves with this next?" And so, in it, within the soul expansion mentorship, opportunity after opportunity becomes available to each of the participants. And I meet them where they're at, and and the community supports them where they're at. And there's there's always a sense of community and a sense of, of forward movement and an understanding 
and and there's this unique way that we all are are learning together and being willing to share with one another what we've learned and so one person's experience using a certain tool in a ritual may be shared with the group and it could be so unique to them and unlike anything else anyone else has experienced and yet they kind of you know sit there and listen to it and say wow that's that's something that does resonate with me so maybe I'll try it and see how it how it applies to the work that I'm doing and if it doesn't fit they leave it behind but at least they've been exposed to it and and I think that's an excellent point it's about entertaining the different ideas until you find that one that goes oh yeah there's something speaking to me there <laughs> right we we always grew up you know in in societies that were very um tribe oriented i'm going to use that word loosely you know we had our teachers we 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 turned to others in our community to to support us and teach us and we've grown away from that and now you know it's basically you go to school and then you get a job and then you work to pay off what that schooling cost you <laughs> and you know and 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 it's just it's like there's this beginning middle and an end and and we don't tend to think about teachers outside of school and yet teachers are around us everywhere and we have so much that we can learn from one another and teach one another and we have so much to offer whether we are at the beginning so to speak or we're at the peak it really doesn't matter and and a good tribe won't just all agree with you <laughs> if you've right. just gone out and found the people who who agree with you that's, <laughs> that's that's not going to quite work. You need to find some people who will tell it to you like it is. Hey, that's Lisa, right. We we are running down on time here, so I want to make sure that you get a chance here to tell people how to reach you. Tell them how to get connected with you. If you've got any events coming up or anything like that, um, share those with us. Sure. Thank you. Um, well, the the website is. Women, W-O-M-E-N, Within Sight, W-I-T-H-I-N-S-I-G-H-T dot com. And um, my email is lisa at Women With Insight. The uh, Soul Expansion Mentorship is ongoing, so people can sign up at any time. And all the information about it is on the website. Soul Mentoring Sessions happen one-on-one with me and... um, that can be arranged very easily just by emailing me. I'm currently about halfway through one of my programs, which is the Sacredness of the Elements. That's a program that's going to be offered once a quarter. So once I complete at the end of this month that program, I'll be posting on the uh, website when I will be offering it again. There's also ongoing programs that, depending on what my guides tell me, recirculate and and come up so you know there's embracing the power within which is another program that comes up from time to time true north foods is something that comes up from time to time and that's bringing into alignment the foods that we we feed our body and how they can align with us on a spiritual level as well so there's there's always something in the works i do a blog and i'm writing constantly on that and you can access that through the website I have a number of Facebook pages as well, and you can find me on Facebook just by looking for Lisa Mead with Insight um, and you know, reaching out to me and, and just knowing that 
there's never a dull moment in my life, so there's always something being created <laughs> and offered. And and I just listen. I keep my ear very close to the ground and listen to my guides and and follow the call because that's just how it is these days. There is no other way but to follow the call. I I so agree with you, and and I'm the same way. It's always shifting and changing and adjusting and being reinvented or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's just been such a pleasure to have you on the show sharing your work. And again, I just felt like this was such a timely um, topic for us to bring out. And, and I just really resonated with the way you handle things, which is why I wanted to bring you on to let people get exposed to that because you operate in this beautifully organic, genuine way that that I personally love. And, oh, thank you um, so, so much, Jesse. I really appreciate the opportunity. It's been delightful to share this with you today. Thank you very, very much. And uh, moving on here, as we look to next week on our show, and we are going to be having Rocky Krogfoss with us sharing his work in emotional energy healing and the real facts about the law of attraction. And I think you're going to find some of his work very interesting. You know, it's it's fun when I first started talking to Rocky and he, he came across and I'm like, ah, does this guy really know what he's talking about? And then I started talking to him. I'm like, oh, yeah, he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> and he's got some great perspectives on emotional energy healing. So I think you're going to find it real interesting. Uh, again, my work, my videos, I recently put out a new video um, and my books and all of those types of things you can find through my website or archive shows and things like that are there. I've always got a monthly special going on. Uh, my current monthly special is that you can get the ebook version of my relationship book, You, Me, Life, Dreams, for only 99 cents. And all you have to do is jump right over to my website, Jesse and Nichols George, the number one dot com, and you're going to find the promotional code to use for that and the link to get you straight in to make that purchase. So it's a great time to do it. And by the way, that ebook is available when you go through that link in Kindle, and it's available in uh, Nook and PDF file. So even if you don't have a uh, reader, you know, a, note, a notepad or whatever, you can still get it. If you just got a regular computer, you can still get it that way. So it's a great, great option to do that. Um, also, if you, you know, are listening or have some time during the week or, or want to catch some of our other shows, we really have kind of an interesting lineup of people on the Main Street Universe Network. And we have Monday nights with Randy Goldberg doing Vedic Astrology, Tuesdays, Susan Weed is sharing her work in herbs and natural plants. As a matter of fact, she's in a series of doing 13 trees right now. And that's on, And then on Wednesday nights, we have our flagship show, Daniel and Janice, and they're the, the hosts on that show. And that is immediately backed with Spiritual Insights with Darren Bucher, who's a reader at Madame Laveau in New Orleans. Um, Janice is starting to open up with her show uh, once a month. We have Woven Green, Jim and Ashley Cash, are Woven Green, and they're doing a show once a month. Uh, they just put one out yesterday, I believe it was, so catch the archives on that. And even Kevin Baird is bringing out some new work that he's doing called New Companion, and uh, that's an interesting thing that he's going, and he's periodically doing a show with that as well. So lots of really cool archive stuff around the network, and of course Fridays we have Activating Compassion Radio. 
This is Jesse Ann Nichols George, and I want to thank you so much for being here with me today. And again, thanks to all of our listeners, not only on Blog Talk Radio, but those streaming live on Penn, known as Pair Encounters Network, Streamfinder, and Talk Stream Live, as well as those that are catching our podcast at iTunes and TuneIn.com, and those catching the YouTube version of our show. Hey, I look forward to seeing you back here next week as we delve more into activating compassion. And don't forget, if you've enjoyed the show today, share it with others. It's going to be available at the same link in our archives. And I am going to leave you with the song Yearning For, also by Shemshai. It's also known as Over and Over. And um, again, if you'd like to connect with more of Shemshai's work, you can do so at www.shemshai.com. That's S-H-I-M-S-H-A-I.com. Thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you again next week right here on Activating Compassion Radio. May you enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a truly amazing week. And if I could see what makes me blind I would soar to the edge of my mind And to touch what seems unreal Just to show you the way that I feel we are in time with time One with season of change inside And we are in tune with the tune Caught in a balance of sun and moon Oh, deep inside The light within Shining Show you it's it to begin When all I have is all I need I will soar to the edge of eternity And we see in eye to eye One within love to be for the divine And we walking hand in hand God in the balance of God and man
Your spirit, your heart is still yearning for over and over. 